Hey there, everyone. My name is Matthew, and this is the Web3 Gamer Podcast. If you're interested in learning about the latest developments in gaming and technology, anything around blockchain, NFTs, and cryptocurrencies, and how they're changing the gaming industry, then this podcast is for you. In each episode, we explore the exciting world of Web3 gaming as it relates to blockchain, NFTs, and cryptocurrencies, and what they mean for the future of digital entertainment. You'll learn about new games and platforms built on blockchain technology, the rise of cryptocurrency use in these games, and how it's being implemented. We'll also talk to experts in the industry who will share their insights and provide a behind-the-scenes look at this fast-growing space. Even if you're new to gaming and technology, we're here to help you understand these emerging technologies and their potential impact on our lives. So join us for an informative and entertaining journey in the world of Web3 gaming and crypto and discover what the future holds for these exciting technologies. My name is Matthew, and this is the Web3 Gamer. podcast is brought to you by three day potato salad where our artisan chefs take three days to craft the most heavenly potato salad you ever tried in your entire life why does it take three days you ask that's not our secret to tell all you need to know is this potato salad is so fucking good the king of england orders two pounds a day that's right the king of england so make sure to buy three days potato salad at a store near you so, I feel like I don't need to make an introduction for Yuga Labs, but just in case you don't know who they are, the team behind BAYC, Board Ape Yacht Club, the most profitable NFT project to ever exist, has announced a long time ago their other side, Metaverse, which is their foray into Web3 gaming. Now, again... We've seen promises of Metaverse. They claim that other side will revolve around digital communities and ownership opportunities afforded by blockchain technology with digital plots of land and a native currency, ApeCoin, which has been adopted by other side for its economy and ecosystem. Other side is just one of many Metaverse platforms vying for the attention of users. It differs from video game experiences in that its structure won't be linear and players will be able to explore immersive virtual worlds freely and of their own accord. What does that mean, though? Can we really do that? Like, these worlds can only be designed to be so big, from a a programmer's point. You know, we hear so much in this Web3 gaming space about so many projects being this insane metaverse, you can do whatever you want. But really, it's still just a programmed game, program point, and also... We're talking, what were you doing back 20, 30 years ago in RPGs? That was a created world. You're still exploring. They added more realistic things. Oh, cool, you can cook. Oh, cool, you can craft. You can smith. You know, I'm not knocking BAYC. It's just, it feels like these metaverse worlds are kind of becoming a dime a dozen. You know, especially from people who didn't have a background in traditional gaming, it feels like they've missed the mark on a lot of things. But, I don't know. That's the beauty of gaming. I can like one thing, you can like another, we cannot like each other's things, and it doesn't matter. We still have fun gaming on the respective metaverses, platforms, places we want to game. So, there's a beauty in that, honestly. And again, I am far 
from an expert. I just love to learn, continuously look at, observe, and discuss these various platforms and their games. Because coming from somebody who played traditional gaming literally my entire life, there's a lot of similarities and things that line up from traditional gaming to this Web3 gaming. And with how much money BAYC makes and has been funneling into their projects, let alone this, I'm not one to talk. I didn't run a very successful NFT collection. I know nothing of creating a video game from the ground up, only my limited experience. I'm not going to pretend I'm an expert, but I like to make these observations because often I feel we're promised beyond the moon with these games. Like, oh, it's going to be so cool. It's going to be so unique. It's going to be so different. And then you get in it and you go, it's kind of what I've seen before. So what's different? What's unique? Other than the NFT integration and you owning the assets, like you own your plot of land and you can make real game money, I guess, if you, you know, mine, grind for other in-game assets that you can sell to other players or, you know, maybe not players, people interested who just want to collect for real world fiat. And so where I'm trying to go with this long rambling is that Hopefully, they're making a fun to game play first and foremost at its base because that's what's really going to make any game, web through traditional, successful. Um, you want to make it fun to play. You don't want to add in a bunch of the microtransactions. You don't want to make it too grinding unless that's a known factor that your fan base loves or you've seen it successful in other games. I mean, we could definitely say that for certain Final Fantasy games. We could definitely say that for certain um, RPGs or uh, sandbox games. Like There's a lot of grinding involved. So I hope that's what they're trying to do with this. And I hope that's what they work out to be and not just kind of what feels like the same thing they've been doing, which is being this very exclusivity club. And if you're not in the cool club, you don't get to experience it, which is kind of how it is now. And it's so funny because this just sounds like I'm railing them, like I'm saying, oh, they don't know what they're doing. They can't get it together. But that's not it. I guess just since they have such a market lead, there's kind of high expectations on my end because they have the money to create these amazing things. It's not like a small project where it's like, man, I'd love to do all these crazy integrations, but um, yeah, I need like $5 million to do it, and I'm doing this as a passion project on like 50 k a year. So uh, that's not happening unless I get VC funding or you know we get a lot of players to buy our NFTs or things of that nature. And so to bring this back, so we're just talking about other side, that is... So earlier I said it kind of feels like, oh, you're priced out. You can't get in on this stuff. But with other side, you could. And that was one of the main reasons they created it. So good on them because they decided and realized they could reach people who want to be a part of their experience who can't. Otherwise, there's no way. I mean, even the base, the floor, BAYCs and mutant ape yacht club NFTs are insane. Some people's entire yearly salary or double that. And so with the release of ApeCoin back in March of 2022, you had to use this currency to buy the other deeds, which was the land parcels for the other side. And there was 55,000 of them. So, you know, it wasn't as limited as the initial BAYC or MAYC launch. So this allowed more people to get in who were like, hey, I would love to be more involved. I want to play the game. I never held a BAYC or an MAYC, and so this gave them a greater opportunity to get in. Just to clarify, BAYC is Board Ape Yacht Club, and MAYC is Mutant Ape Yacht Club, each of which were limited to only 10,000. And so I should note 
that the other deeds total was 100,000, but 10,000 of these were reserved for BAYC holders, 20,000 were reserved for MAYC holders, 55,000 were released to the public, 15,000 were reserved for Yuga Labs and other project developers. So really to the public, there was 55,000 other deeds, which was still five, almost six times what their previous NFT releases were, allowing a lot more people to get in. And they weren't started at some insane price of like 150,000. They were started at, you know, still a lot at the time, two and a half ETH, which was about $6,000. But if you believed in the project, you believed in Yuga Labs, you believed it was going to go up over time, you know, you could be looking at a hefty, hefty profit. And they were anticipating a very high gas fee because of high volume. And unfortunately, it didn't go off without a hitch. They had some people paying one to two Ethereum to mint for 305 ApeCoin, which ApeCoin was at around $20 during their launch. So again, $6,100 at launch, crazy. But again, if you believe in the project and think it's going to outlast, worth it, you could say. But instead of a $6,100 investment, if the gas price is another ETH, which is around $2,500 at the time, talking almost a $10,000 investment for a deed of land for other side. And that's just not affordable, unfortunately, for a lot of people. And to put this in perspective, one of my favorite tweets I saw during the time, and this was from December of 22, never forget when someone paid 44000 gas to mint two other deeds for 12 k That tweet was from BruceJ.eth, and he or she lists the wallet and the transfer so you can see it all laid out. And that's insane. FOMO was in full effect with that. And I think that's the problem with some of these bigger projects is instead of making their drop readily available to everyone and then deciding if the market wants to be volatile and go massively up or massively down, it's still limited. It still has walls and barriers and still prevents the average person from getting involved. What if someone just genuinely wanted to play other side, but they don't have more than three to $500 litting around to buy an NFT? Keep that in mind that if we're talking like an average console or PC user for an introductory system, we'll say $500 for a system. First game, 60 bucks, so $600. So let's say somebody wanted to pay $600 to be able to play in the game. It's not even buyable, purchasable. They still can't get in. And that's where my issue lies is the threshold is so high and Yuga Labs has such prominence. I just don't think they're fair to everyone in the ecosystem and rightly so they don't have to be. That's how the market runs. But as a gamer, I get a bit upset that we can't all play the game, that we can't all be a part of it because there are people out there who drive up the price or people who want the price to be higher. So they buy multiple. So they pay exorbitant minting gas fees. It's just an interesting world we live in with NFTs. And it's very interesting how they play into gaming. And I've seen plenty of projects do free mints, which is amazing. And it's still, you know, it gets bogged down. They cover the gas fees and it can be a little bit of a rocky launch. But then you have people who have what they need to play the game and they get in and they want to play the game. They're excited to play the game. And if they want to sell it on the secondary market, they can maybe make a little profit. But the main thing is there's no, there's no paywall. There's no ceiling preventing them from getting involved in something they really want to be a part of. And I just feel like that's where BAYC and Yuga Labs misses the mark a lot. And I'm hoping they correct that in time. 
because other side has an amazing set of people on it who are going to build it. I mean, the creators of Sandbox, which is if you are in the NFT Web3 gaming space, is infamous. Daniel Allegri or Allegri, the former CEO of Activision, is now the CEO of Yuga Labs. Uh, Mike Seavers, who was the previous CTO of Epic Games, has come over and is now the CTO at Yuga Labs. So I feel like they're getting a lot of amazing traditional gaming professionals, and I think that's really going to help level out and get them to create a really good fun-to-play game. And that's going to be awesome. But for people like me, who don't own any of the stuff needed to play the game or be able to play the game, and unfortunately, sorry, it could be the most amazing game in the world. I just may not be willing to dish out anywhere from 6 to 11K to be able to play the game. There's still that paywall. There's still that barrier. We're never going to be able to experience it. We're just going to be able to watch other people play it and experience it that way. And you know what? I hope it doesn't become like it has been what I've seen for other side where I'm like... Glad I'm not invested because it doesn't live up to what I'm used to or I expected as a traditional gamer. And again, that's just my opinion. That's not a fact or anything crazy. There's a lot of people out there who loved it. And there's a lot of people out there who will continue to love it and will want to get involved and get invested. And maybe I'm an outlier. I just come from traditional gaming. So to me, you have the freedom to participate in what you do and don't want to play. And so with Web3, we're seeing so much experimentation, so much unique games coming over from traditional sector into the Web3 sector that you kind of have a pick and choose moment right now, just similar to traditional gaming. You know, Yuga Labs, other side, isn't the only game to play. It's just a very popular monetized game to play. You know, maybe owning the land in that game is going to give you way more profit than owning anything in, say, RavenQuest or possibly a mech. So it just depends. And again, I I wasn't trying to make this podcast about me railing Yuga Labs or anything. I just think since they are literally the biggest player in this game right now, that they're going to get a lot of free passes on stuff. And to be fair, they're trying to do a lot of good. They're breaking out into a new realm. They're bringing in industry professionals who I think are really going to round it out and make it great. And I think in time, they're going to make these mistakes corrected of these insane paywalls and make it more available to everyone. And I think that's going to be a big thing that they'll see a flood of users. Because right now, they're really only seeing people who bought their NFT collections. So, you know, you're limiting your user base just by that nature. So, you know, if you have 10 to 50,000 users and only, you know, 10% of them want to play who have the NFTs, and then you have like 100,000 people who want to play who don't have the NFTs, it's like, why wouldn't you find a way to let those 100,000 people play? So it's just the nature of Web3 gaming right now. It's an interesting dynamic, and it's not like traditional gaming in that sense. And for the last bit of the podcast, I want to focus on the positives of it. Since I've been nothing but the old man in the yard waving my stick saying, yeah, I remember when we used to blow on the cartridges, not have these fancy games in the interwebs. Which before I get into the positives, I would hope you would know that I wouldn't make a podcast called The Web3 Gamer if I wasn't into certain Web3 games. I think it's awesome, and I think there's been some amazing games come out, but I think that it's fair to be able to criticize other ones that aren't doing the best job they could be, especially some of the bigger players in the game. So one positive I definitely think of, assuming 
that everything goes well with the industry professionals they've gotten in and they really direct and create the initiative, I think they're going to set a high standard for future Web3 games, especially AAA titles. You know, they have the money to really flesh this out, to really experiment and try things they want to do. And they have the industry professionals who understand what gamers want, how to bring that in and tie it into this unique Web3 ecosystem. Another positive is with the first and second trip, which essentially were their closed beta playtests for any NFT holders, they're taking a lot of that community input and I think they're really using it to shape and develop the future of the game. I think they're trying to give the community any sort of improvements or things they asked for, things they want to see different, things they didn't see that they felt were missing. And I think that's really important. What I love about Web3 Gaming, and I think Yuga Labs is going to set a good example for this, is the community really gets to drive development and input on the game. You know, and you could argue that in traditional gaming, but it usually comes in the version of a sequel or afterwards. You know, it's different with the internet now because we'll get clips, we'll get demos released, and people will go, oh, this is what I love or oh, this is what I hate. And, you know, usually by the time we have a demo, it's kind of too late. But if you have a clip... There's all the time we get clips released and people go, oh, why does so-and-so look like that? Like, that doesn't make sense for the character. And it sucks because these developers pour their heart and soul in these games. And they have their own artistic vision, you know? It's not fair that the community kind of backfires. And that is something I feel bad about with traditional gaming is it seems like a lot of the community is very whiny, is very like, oh, nothing's ever good enough. But... I think there's jerks and assholes everywhere, and I think they just yell the loudest. So I will say I've met a lot of amazing people in traditional gaming who go, hey, gaming's for everybody. Who cares what system you're playing on? Who cares what games you're playing? Enjoy it. Have fun. Spread it with others. Play with others. And to me, that is the heart and soul of gaming, period, whether traditional or Web3. And third, Yuga is planning to have it available for partners to be able to build on their platform. And I think that's going to be great because I think we're going to get some really unique, interesting projects that by just being on that platform get a greater reach than they may have been if they launched independently. So all that to be said, I think there's a lot of good things to come from other side and from Yuga Labs and BAYC as a whole, but I think there's still a lot of hurdles they need to get over. And I think in time, they're going to slowly sort it out and figure it out. And hopefully they're going to make it more appealing or more applicable that people who can't get past or over that paywall can get in and play their games, can get in and experience it, because that's truly going to be something that will revolutionize the platform for them. I think right now they're so limited in what they can do or who they can operate with that they're really cutting out a big portion of the market they may not even know exists. And as a gamer, every... (laughs) I have a backlog at least 10 miles along of games. I would like to play other side. I would still like to get in and play it. Even though it's not what I expected, it may not be currently exactly the type of game I want to play, but I'm sure they're going to release other games along the way that I'll be interested in and I would like to play. So I think unfortunately right now it's kind of just a wait and see situation. And I do believe in time it's going to go well. I think again, they have the industry professionals they need. I think they understand from their play test, they're getting community feedback. The main thing is just I'm really hoping from that community feedback isn't just from holders. I hope they get community feedback from non-holders, and I hope they eventually open the floodgates to non-holders. There's a lot more that remains to be seen. We'll see how things play out in time, but I think it's going to be great. 
So keep your eyes on Yuga Labs, keep your eyes on the other side, and keep your eyes out for any collections they're going to release, because hopefully they'll be affordable for the main masses and we will be able to play as well. So any updates they release along the way, we'll probably do another episode at some point once it's been more fleshed out, we have more knowledge. But for now, that's where we're at with Yuga Labs and Other Side. Well, friends, that's another episode down. If you enjoyed this podcast, we would really appreciate you rating it on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, wherever you can rate and wherever you listen to and get your podcast. It would mean the world to us and help get this podcast to people who truly are involved in Web3 gaming, blockchain, and cryptocurrency and want to learn more and stay on top of these emerging technologies. If you have any queries, want to reach out about any collaborations or advertisements, as well as want to reach out with any improvements you think we could make on the podcast, please email us at theweb3gamer at proton.me. We would love to hear from you and take every response very seriously. Take care and keep gaming, my friends.